Welcome to World Policy on Air, a weekly podcast from the pages and website of World Policy Journal, published by the nonprofit World Policy Institute in New York. I'm David Alpern. In this week's program, posting January 29, 2016, we talk with Ricardo Avila, editor-in-chief of Portfolio, the Bogota, Colombia Financial Daily, about his analysis of regional economic conditions for the new WPJ winter issue, cover theme Latin America on life support. We'll also point out other top features in the new WPJ winter issue. You're listening to World Policy on Air. Now this. They are concealing what is happening, and at the end it is for the benefit of those on top, the millionaires, the gringos, but we continue the same, or even worse, and that is why we march. Last October's annual meetings of the International Monetary Fund and World Bank were held in Lima, Peru, with 12,000 delegates, including finance ministers and central bankers from 188 nations, but they did not come off quite as planned and the sometimes violent protest by workers and activists that we heard was the least of it. The image of Peru as an economic miracle helped launch a predictably long period of planning and preparation that brought the meetings to Latin America for the first time since 1967, but changed economic conditions now forced far more pessimistic projections for Peru and much of the region. Those projections and the factors behind them are explored by Ricardo Avila, in the new winter 2016 issue of World Policy Journal, cover theme Latin America on life support. Avila is editor-in-chief of the Bogota Financial Daily Portfolio. His article is headlined The Hangover, Latin America Recovers After Shot of Success. And I talked about it with him recently for this podcast. Ricardo Avila, welcome to World Policy on Air. Hello, David. How are you? Good. You say the venue was flawless, though protesters were angry at the cost involved in building it for this event. Describe it and set the scene for us, uh, with weather also far from what the planners had hoped for. Well, first, it is absolutely clear that the government of Peru made every effort uh, in order to have uh, this meeting running smoothly. In that sense, it invested uh, several hundred million dollars in uh, in uh, a new convention center, a new uh, building for the central bank that, uh, that was used before being inaugurated to, to house all the delegations. Uh, uh, the government, for example, decided to extend a holiday, so Lima's traffic that is uh, as complex as any uh, other in, in, a, in a major Latin America uh, city was uh, was manageable. So so in that sense, the meeting uh, ran uh, perfectly. But at the same time, of course, uh, this image that Peru wanted to project as being the most successful economy in Latin America during this century uh, was tarnished because uh, the reality in the region has begun to sink in, in, in the sense that we are experiencing uh, different um, headwinds that that have uh, actually taken the region to a negative rate of growth in in 2015 and to a, to a very complex 2016. Give us some of the starkest statistics in the latest IMF World Economic Outlook that uh, flesh out what you've just uh, summarized. 
No, basically the, the region's uh, GDP decreased by 0.4% during 2015, and, uh, and projections indicate that it's going to grow uh, between 0 and 1%, uh, closer to 0 than to 1% during, during 2016. And of course, that is a, a dismal performance uh, for our region because actually if you, if you include population growth in terms of GDP, uh, per capita, the region is going backwards instead of going forward. Still, you write that it's unfair and inaccurate to lump all Latin American countries in the same basket and cite several top economists. Say more about that. Well, first, there are we we could say that there are three three kinds three kinds of 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 countries in the in the region. First. Uh, there are the troubled countries, the troubled economies, and the troubled economies are Brazil, Venezuela, and Ecuador, who show negative growth. Uh, Brazil, which is the largest uh, economy in the region, its, uh, its GDP is equivalent to 35% of the total GDP of the region, uh, is facing uh, a huge economic crisis, uh, uh, a GDP growth of uh, a, a, a negative GDP growth of, of uh, 3% at least last year. At the same time, uh, Venezuela, which is the fifth largest economy, is uh, also experiencing economic and political troubles with a GDP growth of minus 10%. And Ecuador decreased, uh, which is a, uh, a smaller economy, decreased around 1%. Argentina, which is the third largest economy, uh, basically didn't grow last year. So, so this is the group of troubled economies. The second group uh, is, um, in that group you include sort of the members of the uh, Pacific Alliance, which is a, a, an economic zone integrated by Mexico, Peru, Chile, and Colombia. And that group grew between 2 and 3%. And actually, in Central America and some countries in the Caribbean, things are looking much better with growth rates above 4%, among other things, because these economies are net oil importers. So because the price of oil is going down, uh, they have more room to maneuver. Talk about the special situations in some of these countries you've mentioned. Colombia, for example, what should we know there? Well, Colombia is uh, is an interesting economy. It's, uh, it, it, it has had a, a, a very good run over this century, growing uh, around 4.5%. Uh, but the main problem it faces is that its main export is oil. And as we know, oil prices have gone down dramatically since the middle of uh, 2014. Uh, despite that, Colombia's economy was able to grow uh, a little bit above 3% uh, last year, uh, thanks maybe to the uh, to local demand, internal demand, uh, because unemployment has been going down in Colombia. Uh, at the same time, there are expectations because uh, peace negotiations are going forward between the government and the main guerrilla group, which is uh, the FARC, and uh, there is the expectation that a, an agreement could be signed as early as, as March of 2016, and the expectation is that this will help the economy to receive more investment and grow a little bit faster than uh, some of its peers in the region. 
We started with the bad news from the IMF and World Bank. What directions did they suggest for reform and resurgence in the region? No, basically the challenge for the region, especially in South America, is to diversify its economy, is to be less dependent on raw materials and basic goods uh, because this economy has to include more value added in its exports. In that sense, uh, the region has still a lot of homework to do in terms of improving its productivity and improving its competitiveness. And that is the main challenge. Of course, that it's easier said than done uh, because, uh, because that includes lots of reforms uh, that were postponed during the, the bonanza years because, of course, uh, uh, there's, there was a feeling of self-complacency in the region. And some of the, of the difficult tasks uh, basically were pushed to mañana. How do natural resources, climate change, and income inequality figure in the region's current problems and potential solutions? Well, first, uh, in terms of climate change, this is a region that, that is going to suffer, and actually it is suffering a lot because of climate change. Uh, phenomena as El Niño, the 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 weather phenomena that affects uh, that affects uh, some countries in the region uh, because of a change in in the in in in, um, in weather patterns uh, have become more extreme as and and uh, shorter in terms of of uh, space between one another and for example this year we have seen droughts uh, a drought situation in Colombia and huge floods in the north the northern part of Argentina or Paraguay or the southern part of Brazil. And that is, of course, uh, um, some people relate this to, uh, to, to climate change and, and the fact that this is a, a region that is extremely vulnerable to that. At the same time, we have, uh, we have uh, huge natural resources in terms of land and, and, uh, and in terms of, of uh, being um, uh, we, we are uh, not a net um, exporter or, or of CO2 to, to the rest of the world. Actually, we help compensate uh, carbon dioxide emissions that occur, uh, occur in other parts of the planet. So in that sense, Latin America has a huge potential in terms of developing uh, after, uh, renewable energies, uh, basically using hydropower or eolic power. Um, uh, there's been a uh, huge insistence in terms of that, that the region has to follow a sustainable path, and I believe that we have to, the resources to do so, but of course we need the political will to do that. At the same time, Latin America is the most unequal region in the world. Here is the, uh, here is, we, we live in a place when, when, where too many have too few. Uh, too little, excuse me. And in that sense, sort of the pie has to be redistributed uh, in a better way. And the only way to do that is through taxes and government expending. And, and in order to do that, also you, need, you also need a political will in terms of collecting more taxes, more taxes, and at the same time uh, spending that money, uh, public money, in the in in. Uh, in, in the population that needed most.
Of course, there are overseas policy factors that can't be controlled. It used to be said that when America sneezes, the world catches cold financially. Is China now moving into that catalytic role, especially for Latin America, where Beijing had some big plans for development before its latest economic slump? Yes, yes. Uh, in a sense, it is, because, of course, China was responsible for the big increase in, in, uh, in uh, raw materials prices. But uh, at the same time, there are huge opportunities for Latin America vis-a-vis -vis China and actually the, the whole uh, Asian Pacific region. Why? Because it's the region is a region that is a net importer of different uh, of different goods, especially food. And this uh, region can be uh, a breadbasket for the rest of the world. We have uh, enough uh, land resources and water resources to to really become an agricultural uh, world power. Uh, the challenge, again, is to take uh, the necessary steps, uh, steps to ensure that that will happen. But um, uh, as China moves uh, towards uh, a more uh, consumer-based growth instead of an export-led growth, uh, we have to adjust. And that is part of that challenge that, that I spoke about in the sense that we need to diversify our exports because the, the model that that was successful until uh, two or three years ago is not going to be successful in the future. For all the region's economic problems, you say the larger narrative about them has changed. Talk about that and what it might mean for potential progress. No, basically, despite the, the problems we are facing uh, today, it is absolutely clear that Latin America has made a lot of progress over, over the, this this uh, century. Well, first, the poverty rate went down from 44% in 2002 to 28% today, and that is uh, a, a huge decrease. At the same time, the size of the middle class went up by more than 50%. Actually, in countries like Colombia, it almost doubled during that time. So, in that sense, it is clear that, that some uh, important uh, gains have been achieved. The big challenge, of course, is not to fall in what uh, technicians or academics call the uh, middle-income trap, in the sense that we need to continue growing, and in order to that, we need to improve the quality of our education, invest more in research and development, uh, uh, look for opportunities in this uh, new world, uh, uh, this new connected and, and globalized world, and in that sense, I believe that we have the chances, but the, the difference between this Latin America and the Latin America from the past, although you still find uh, some voices there that seem that, that, that they have not changed, is that if we are going to be successful, it is because of us, and we cannot blame others if we are not. Ricardo Avila, thank you. Thank you. Ricardo Avila is editor-in-chief of the Bogota Financial Daily Portfolio. For the new winter 2016 issue of World Policy Journal, cover theme Latin America on Life Support, he wrote the article headline The Hangover, Latin America Recovers After Shot of Success. Also featured in the new WPJ winter issue, you'll find articles about defiance and despair in Venezuela, the changing face of Cuba, black sites on the internet, and deadly interactions on the Syria-Turkey border. 
World Policy On Air is a production of World Policy Journal at the nonprofit World Policy Institute in New York. Editor Christopher Shea, Managing Editor Yaffa Frederick, Podcast Producer Matthew DeMello. I'm David Alpern.